welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Church, it is so fantastic for us to be with you here today. Wow, honestly, from the moment we walked through the doors, this is our first time here at a Sunday service in this church, so we are just so delighted and honored to be here. And the presence of God is here, isn't He? Wasn't that worship just incredible? And let's give it up for Jerry D in the house, he was awesome. So yeah, we're absolutely delighted to be here. And just before um, we start, so just a little introduction. So we are Kieran and Tracy from Dublin, as you've heard, um, and as you've obviously guessed from our big, thick Dublin accent. We are the proud parents of three children. Well, I say children, so our eldest is 21. Then we have 18-year-old and a 15-year-old. So we're the proud parents of three kids. We've been saved now, been Christians now, for just over 20 years. And we've been involved in many of you might know St. Mark's Church in Dublin City for most of that time. And alongside a fantastic and faithful team, we are currently in the process of launching D24 Church in our hometown of Talla, that's how you pronounce it, Talla, in Dublin. And you know, we came to know your pastors and many of the leadership team here through the Summer Fire Conference that Pastor Nick has spoken about. And you know, we started to go to that back in 2005, wasn't it? Fantastic conference. For those who are new here today, when Summer Fire Conference happens again, you've got to make sure you are at that conference. We have been going since 2005, and that's how we got to know many of the team here in, um, in Cork Church. And I suppose for us, we've always felt a kindred spirit with this church. We've always felt a connection. There's such a depth to the word, to the worship, incredible worship, and even worshiping this morning, Pastor Stephen, it just brought us right back to all those years at the Summer Fire Conference. So there's such a depth and the integrity of the word and just your leadership. So we just love this church and have always felt such a connection and a kindred spirit. And over the course of time as, you know, listening to testimonies from the Cassidy family over the years, we have heard of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And as Pastor Nick said this morning, it's from generation to generation. That blessing passes down to your children. And that's what we love. And that's what we've been looking to as leaders. And that's what's inspired us for so many years. So to say we are delighted to be here is an understatement. And you know, I just loved this morning, even when Pastor Nick mentioned this scripture in Isaiah, fear not, for I have called you and you are mine. And that really is the essence of what we are going to speak about this morning. And you know, we would just love to simply share our story and talk about the call of God and how that call has unfolded in our lives up to this point. So is that okay? Our hope this morning is that as we share our story, it will speak to those of you who are new in the faith and especially to all of you who are being baptized today, but also to encourage those who've been on this journey a long time. Because many of us know that sometimes the call of God can take many years to come to pass. But you know, he who has called us is faithful. Amen. 
And so before Kieran jumps in to share a testimony, I just want to lay a foundation. And I feel it's important to say, first and foremost, that the call of God is for every single person in this place. Nobody is exempt from the call of God. Amen. Because the call of God is first and foremost an invitation to intimacy. It's an invitation to know him, the very one who created us, who knows us and who loves us. It's an invitation to come into this unique plan and purpose that he has ordained for each and every person in this place. God's desire is for us to know him in a real and personal way. It's not an invitation to religion. It's not an invitation to a community group. It's an invitation to a relationship with the living God. And that call is for each and every one of us in this place. And God's call is always for our good and for his glory. You know, he calls us from death to life. He calls us to lay down the old and to put on the new. And he calls us to his word and to worship. And he calls us to enter he calls us to enter into the promises, into his promises, and to fulfill the great purpose that he has ordained for each and every one of us in this place. God's call is always for our good and for his glory. And I'm just going to read a scripture before Kerwan comes and shares. And the scripture I have this morning, just to encourage all of us, is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. And I absolutely love this scripture. And it says this, faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you. And he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, by guarding you, by watching over you, and by protecting you as his own. What a beautiful scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 24. And I mention this scripture, this verse of scripture, because sometimes we can be fearful of the call of God. Or sometimes we can think that we're not good enough that we're not holy enough, that we're not educated enough. We can even doubt God's goodness and God's promises at times. And many, we can come up with many different reasons or excuses as to why we can't or why we shouldn't step fully in and embrace the call of God. But as this verse verse says, Cork Church, he is faithful and he is absolutely trustworthy. And I love that it doesn't just say trustworthy. That would be enough for us, wouldn't it? But it says he's absolutely trustworthy. Is he who is calling you? This message is for you here today. Sometimes we can sit in church and think, oh, if only such and such was here. No, he is calling you. This message is for you this morning and he will do it. God will fulfill the call that he has placed on your life, your life. And it is his plan. It is his purpose. And God just wants us to walk in the fullness and the purposes and the plans that he has for each and every one of us here this morning. Amen. 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 I have a mic. Could we go with this? Amen. So I just want to follow on just what Tracy has been saying with just two things in particular. Uh, the fourth one being that the call of God can take many years. So our story, our story goes back to 1989. Um, I was 15. Tracy was a little bit younger, and, um, and we had met together. None of us in our family had been saved. We are first-generation Christians, and, um, and so we had been dating for a number of years, and then in the early 90s, I don't 
don't know if anyone will remember, but the whole rave scene and the club scene really kicked off. And, and I liked that kind of stuff. And my friends liked it. Tracy didn't like it. And so we, we, we eventually just kind of parted company. We, we like to say we had a sabbatical for a couple of years. We were on a break. And, um, and so, so that happened for a number of years. And then I, I kind of just got really heavily involved in the whole drug scene and, and all what that involved. And, and before I knew it, I, I became dependent upon drugs and, and alcohol. It was just that substance abuse that was going on in my life. Um, I, I got to a point where I knew I needed help. I had been trying 12-step programs. I'd been in a treatment center. Uh, the treatment center worked for a number of weeks. I felt good. I had my sleeping patterns were back and I'd eating habits were back and I put on weight and I felt good. But when I went back out into the world, there was still an emptiness. Even though I had that feeling of doing well, I still felt an emptiness inside that I just couldn't shake, couldn't ignore, but didn't know what to do about it. And slowly but surely, over the course of time, you just slip back into old habits, you slip back into new ways. And, um, and I eventually just went to my mum and dad at the time and said, look, this is the situation I'm in. Uh, I got caught up in, in drugs and, and, and all the usuals and, and I don't know what to do, and, uh, but I know I need help. And I'd, I'd been in trouble with the police, there was a court case coming up, so I knew it would have been in the papers. And so I had to tell them, I didn't want them to find out from uh, the media. And, and so I found out later on that my mum had went to... So, so where we grew up, there's probably about 50 yards up the road, there's an old nun's convent uh, on our road. And, and my mom and her friends went up there every Tuesday night. And so this was early 95, 95 coming into 96. And, um, and so I started me thinking, I said, I don't want this for the rest of my life. I don't want to be chasing a habit, chasing the next, you know, buzz or whatever it was. And, and, and I ended up getting a job. Uh, in, in one of the biggest factories in Tal at the time, Jacobs. I was the one who put the figs into the fig roll. So um, the secret will come to the grave at me. But we had, uh, but we, like, just little things began to change for me. And so I got a job. The, the friends I'd been palling with, we just kind of parted ways, parted the company, found new friends in the job. And one night I was working late, uh, doing a double shift, and I said, on the way home, again, I'm not saved at this stage. And so on the way home, we call in on Thursday evening to the local pub and have a couple of pints and we're in work the next day and, and I bump into Tracy. Tracy's there on her own. I'm on my own and, well, at the end of, by the end of the night, we're on our own and we just get chatting and she's not with anyone, I'm not with anyone. We walk, I walk her home and, and we end up just getting back. We end up just kind of coming back together again and, and then during all this, Tracy's mom had got cancer and, and, and there was just different things that was happening in our lives. Her mom was on a search and, um, and she ended up getting saved. Then her, Tracy's older sister, ended up getting saved. And then in early 2000, I think it was 2001, we just, we started getting invited to church. We got invited to different events. And um, I don't know if any of you remember, the, the, the guy that writes the word for today, Bob Gass, he, I think, was speaking in the RDS, and it wasn't long after September 11th. Now, when I was in school at 14, 15 years of age in Torgier, I clearly remember a religious teacher giving us the New Testament and showing us the Jesus movies and talking to us about the gospel. And he would have us reading and talking about it and discussing about it in class. But I remember reading the book of Revelation. I kind of thought, whoa, imagine seeing all this. But when this guy was talking to us, 
uh, Bob Gass about, you know, the towers had just fallen, the Twin Towers in America had just fallen, and he was talking about the end times, and something of that time in school just came flooding back to me, and I knew I needed to get on the right side of things. I knew I needed to get my life in order. I needed to get it in order quickly. And not so much quickly, but I just knew I needed to get it in order. And so sheepishly, in the RDS, I don't know if you've ever been in it, but it's, it's like, it's pretty similar to this, a little bit bigger, but there's tiered seating, and I was up the furthest part of the, the arena, uh, right at the back seat, and my hand went as far as my chin, I think it was, when, I, when he gave the altar call, and I made the decision there and then to follow Christ. I knew stuff was happening, we were coming up to Christmas, and just different things was happening, and, um, and so it was then, in 2001, I think it was, we made uh, that decision to follow Christ. And so we start going to Bible studies then, early 2002. And so about a year after getting saved thereabouts, I remember walking into a Bible study in our local area in Tala, and a woman said to me, she says, oh, you're Teresa Buckley's son, aren't you? And I says, yeah, like, who are you? And I was kind of thinking, we passed and all sorts of stuff. And she says, oh, we've been praying for you for years. And I said, really? I said, like, why? Tell me, when? How did this happen? Tell me about it. And so it was, it was me mom and a couple of our friends that went up to the nuns convent every Tuesday night to pray, to pray, to weep, to do whatever it was, to do whatever it took to, to, to lay hold of someone that was lost. And, um, and, and I would encourage the praying women, the praying mothers, don't stop praying. Whatever you do, do not stop praying. Continue, 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 because God is faithful. I went to my mom and dad in roughly 95, I think it was, 96, and it was six years later I actually got saved. And so, you know, Tracy's talking about the call of God. It takes sometimes, a, it, it doesn't take an eternity, but it takes... We don't rush these things. In Isaiah, it says, woe to man that says, let God hurry. So anyway, we start going to Bible studies. And um, I would say six months a Christian. And I had this habit of just reading the scriptures. I'd come home from work. And I, I was hungry for the things of God. Because when you come out of a lifestyle of drug addiction, alcoholism, and you're ducking and diving, there's an element of dedication. There's an element of commitment to that lifestyle. And so I just had this mindset. If, I, if, if Christ is who he is, if, he's, if, if these people are saying who he is and, and he, he is alive and he does still heal and restore and do all these things, well then surely it's going to require an element of dedication from me, an element of commitment from me. So I began to read the Gospel of John and uh, reading the Gospel of John and I had a habit every day, coming home from work, um, grab a bite to eat, cup of tea, sit down with my Bible and we, what the six one news to be on, I don't know why, but that's, that's just the way I've done it. And I'll be reading, watching the news, and going through the scriptures. And this particular time, yeah, you'd have today's news and the good news, tomorrow's news and today's news. But, we, but, but this particular time, I, was, um, I got to the book of Acts, and I'll never forget it as long as I live. And Acts 20, I think it's 28, it says, be shepherds of the church. This is Paul talks, saying these goodbyes to the church in Ephesus. He says, be shepherds of the church of God, whom the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. For I know that after I live, savage wolves will come in in sheep's clothing and try and tear people away from the flock. So be on your guard. Now, this was pulled Satan off the pages of the Bible, and I knew nothing about it. I didn't know what to do. So I highlighted it, closed it, and just went about my business. The next day, same routine, same kind of pattern I was doing, and a knock came at the door, and there was two Mormons had knocked at the door. So I didn't know anything about it. I talked kind of Christians, Christians, whatever it was. So I invited them in and I realized actually this is different. This is, I realized, you know, I need to just get me bearings here kind of thing. So I said goodbye to them and, um, and the minute they left, I felt God saying to me, 
Now go back to what I showed you yesterday, and sure enough, when I opened, I knew for the very first time, actually, God is alive. I was only six or seven months a Christian. God is alive. God does really speak. And this, his, for me, I felt his primarily way of speaking to us is through his word. When we pray, we talk to God. When we read his word, God speaks to us. And I just had this hunger. And over the course of time, I never knew what it looked like or how it would unfold. But I knew that there was a call in there of some sort. And, and, and I knew it wasn't like our past at the time. Like it wasn't like that. So be shepherds of the church of God who, who Nick or Stephen has appointed you or who, who our pastors back in Dublin at the time had appointed us, whom the Holy Spirit had appointed you. So the call I felt was coming divinely and directly from God and, and appointed for as an overseer of the church. And again, I didn't know what this looked like, but now I'd be sharing it with Tracy and just kind of talking. We had two young kids at the time, Tarva and Ashling. And I knew, well, we both knew that, that we were in this for the long haul and we wanted our kids brought up in this. So I set aside a time of just kind of prayer and fasting and seeking God. I said, Lord, don't just call me. You cannot just call me and have Tracy and the kids kind of tagging along and they're digging their heels in. I said, I ha- we have to go. I want us to go as a unit, that the five, well, there was four of us at the time, then all came along, that the five of us would go as one and as a unit. And, um, and that's what took the time for us. It was over the course of time. I remember again speaking, or sorry, reading the word, and just really getting hold of what God had for us. And I wanted to hear something fresh again. And in First Timothy, I think it was, First Timothy 3, verse 5, or 5, verse 3, and, and Paul is talking to Timothy, and he's saying, um, uh, if a man can't look after his own family, how can he look after God's church? And so I kind of thought, right, well, I need to slow things down here. I need to just not rush, not be, and just steady on. And because and I wanted our family, and we wanted that commitment for us to flow. And then over the course of time, just things, different things happened, and there was opportunities. We, in St. Mark's Church, and, um, and, and we knew uh, in 2012 then, the job I was in in, in in Jacobs had closed down in 2009. I ended up getting uh, the caretaker at the time in, in St. Mark's. Leo Tommy had passed away, so there was a, an opening there for, want about the word, for the caretaker role. By now, I've been, we've both been involved in St. Mark's George, just doing Bible studies, uh, maybe leading an evening service, and just, just getting around the leadership and wanting to learn, wanting to glean from those who had walked this pathway before us. And it's no different even now. You know, although we have a great circle of friends, we're in St. Mark's and down in Dublin. We love your pastors. We love what you're doing down here. We love the, the fact that you just go after God in the service for the sake of people. It's just really, really humbling. It's really, really encouraging. And it resonates. It resonates with us. I often think of Mary when she met Elizabeth and it says, the baby leapt in her womb. We were driving from Warford this morning to here, and we got to the roundabout where, coming from Warford, you take the left for Trabalgan, I think it is, and it just something just resonates. It's like, yeah, we're in Cork, and it's just that really kind of resonating with us. And, 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 and it does this, so as Trace, there's a kindredness. And so we knew that, you know, that God was you know, bringing people into our lives. And, and so over the course of time, then we ended up, uh, you know, we shared with Sean our heart to pastor a church, to eventually go back to Tala and, and, and set up a church. And, but we wanted to do it right. We wanted to do it well. And, and Sean always encouraged us. So 2012, I came on staff at St. Mark's. And, I, um, and, and, yeah, and just different things. I was an elder down there. I'd be preaching, leading services, 
just doing the caretaker role. And, um, and for six years, I really, 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 really loved it. But then the grace of God began to lift. And I kind of, what's going on? Why, is, why do I feel uncomfortable? And I shared it with Pastor Sean. I said, Sean, I'm, I really feel I'm losing the grace for my position here in St. Mark's and what I'm doing. And we just had a conversation, TJ. We said, maybe, look, we've talked about church planting in the past. Maybe God is kind of moving you in that direction. And I was kind of like, oh, no, no. Because in St. Mark's and in the church like this, you have the covering of the leadership. And I was aware that now once we go and church plant, we become that covering. And it just felt daunting. It just felt like, and it was, we were making excuses. We'd often get texts from Sean saying, brother, you want to grab a coffee? And I was saying to Tracy, Tracy, he wants to talk about church planting. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, but I'm ready for this. And so I began to hide behind excuses. And this is the second thing I want to pick up on, what Tracy says, that we find many different reasons or excuses why we can't or shouldn't step into the call that God has for us and fully embrace that. Remember even Adam and Eve. Now, we know that they sinned. God created them. They walked in the garden with them, and they sinned. But when they sinned, it says they became aware of their shame. They became, aware, they became shameful and fearful. And, 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 and it says they hid, and then God was kind of walking with them. God was kind of, you know, calling. He says, Adam, where are you? And they were in hiding behind the trees. And I genuinely felt at times I was hiding behind those trees. I was hiding behind excuses as to why I shouldn't do that. God knows all things. So when he was asking Adam and Eve, where are you? He wasn't looking for information. He was looking for them to engage with, the, with, 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 with God. He was calling them out from where they are. When we call somebody, it's to get their attention. When we say, come here for a minute, we want to we wanna be in their company. We want to be, so, so when God calls us, it's the same purpose, the same principle. God knows all things. When he's asking the questions, he's simply looking for us to engage with him, to converse and confess our shortcomings, our fears and our shame. And the fact that God calls us is an indication that he doesn't want us to leave us where we are. He does not want to, he didn't want to leave Adam and Eve where they were. And the same was true for me. I knew I was losing the grace for where I was at that season. And thankfully, I had a great, I still have a great pastor in Sean Malarkey. And, and we just kind of chatted and talked and teased things through. And it was during those conversations that we began to talk about, well, maybe now is the time to explore the possibility of church planting. We obviously went away, prayed and, and fasted and, and done all the usual things. And so, so here we are now, coming this October, uh, ready to launch D24 Church. D24 Church, it's D24, it's just, a, it's just an air code. There's nothing spiritual about the name. It's just Tala is known as Dublin 24, and we want our church in D24. There was a guy who's seen a post. He says, this is my kind of church, my kind of people. And so it encourages us, because we know the, the, the lives we've lived, especially back in the 90s, the lives we've lived now the last 20 years, we want people to experience this. We know, there's, we know there are addictions, whether it's Cork City, Dublin City, in Tallaght, wherever that may be, there is brokenness, there is lostness, there is hopelessness, there is all these things. And we have found hope. God has called us and placed the call upon us to be his witnesses in this world. And so all we want to do is step into what God has called. We have never been more miserable when we try to hide away from God's call. And as the grace was lifting from us during that season, or from me anyway, during that season, uh, it was kind of like, look, Trace, we, we, what are we going to do? We, we can't keep making excuses. We have to go with this. We have to just coin. And I wonder how many of us maybe are here this morning that are, are hiding among the trees for fear of just stepping into the call of God, for fear of what we might have to give up. You know, what will it cost? 
when in actual fact, it's more costly not to respond to the call of God than it is to give up, whatever it is that we need to give up. It's more costly for us not to respond. So just don't want to sow that seed, because we are going to do a, a, a call in a couple of minutes. And, uh, and just to sow that seed, don't be fearful of God's call. And don't hide away. Maybe today is the day that you do step into all that God has called you and ordained for you to step into. Yeah, as well, and I think it's so God is for each and every one of us. So God does call us to intimacy. He always, he calls us deeper. He calls us from the life we once lived and brings us into this new and incredible life in him. But there's also a specific call and it can be a specific call for ministry. And your ministry, you know, when God calls us, he, he calls us to lead in our homes, in our marriages, in our, in our workplaces, with our friends, with our family. It's all part of the call of God. When God called us 20 years ago, we stepped into it. But now, 20 years later, we're stepping into something specific that he has called us into. So don't misinterpret or misunderstand the calling of God. Our call, the call first and foremost is to is for us to accept the call, accept the invitation to receive him as our Lord and Savior and to walk with him because he leads us and he guides us and he brings us into so much more than who we were before we met him. And that's the call of God. It's always to, to, to respond to the goodness of God, to the grace of God and to the forgiveness of God. And you know, I just want to, um, you know, I just even before we wrap up, I was just thinking of, you know, um, Pastor Nick mentioned earlier the scripture, fear not for I have called you by name and you are mine. And we're talking here about the call of God, that God calls us first and foremost to intimacy and to a relationship with him and how sometimes we can hide behind different things or sometimes we might feel you know, do I, I, I've spoken to people and they just think, oh, the cost is too much because they don't want to give up their own lifestyle. But we who have said yes to Christ know that he empowers us. When he calls us, he empowers us. And so we never, we don't walk this walk on our own. We don't attempt to live this Christian life on our own. The Holy Spirit empowers us and he equips us. And it's actually him who gives us the power to live for Christ. And I was just thinking of a story some of you might be familiar with in the Gospels. And it's about the rich young ruler. So he's rich, he's young, and he's a ruler. So he seems to have it all. But one day he comes to Jesus and he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so he's asking Jesus, what must I do? And so Jesus goes on and gives a few, talks about a few of the commandments and stuff. And the rich young ruler says, well, I've done all these things since my youth. I understand these things. So he understood a form of religion. He understood a form of a way of life, of a good way of life. But Jesus says to him, well, then sell all you have and give it to the poor. So Jesus was challenging where his heart was really at. And the scripture says that the rich young ruler was grieved and he was saddened. He couldn't give up what his heart was tied to. And ultimately, the call of God, God wants our hearts. He wants all of us. He wants every part of us. And in that story, the sad part is that the rich young man didn't respond to Jesus' call. Instead, he turned away and went his own way. But we never hear of him again. And Peter says to Jesus, all of these things we have given up for you. And Jesus said to Peter, which I absolutely love, he said, anybody who gives up anything in this life for me, I will reward a hundred times over. You see, our yes is never too costly. Whatever we think we are holding on to that might be too costly to give up for the call of God, it's a lie of the enemy because whatever we lay down, and we are called to lay things down, but whatever we lay down, Jesus in 
his goodness rewards us a hundred times over. He rewards us with salvation, with peace, with joy, with purpose, with a plan for our lives, with hope, with peace. So many people are hopeless in these days. So many people that we speak to are just looking for peace. You know, Jesus is our peace. You cannot find peace outside of him. So whatever we lay down, whatever we give to God, we can't outgive him. And he promises to reward us. We don't lay it down for the reward, but God in his goodness and in his mercy is so good to us. And we can never, ever, ever outgive God. And I just love that. And we just want to encourage people today. You know, we all need encouragement along the journey, don't we? And we just want to encourage those of you who are new in the faith. God's call, first and foremost, is for intimacy. Mm. It's a walk with Jesus every single day. We're 20 years walking with the Lord, and we still need his word every day. We still need to pray. We still need to get into worship. None of us ever fully reach it. We're all on a journey together. But the call is for intimacy, a life lived for the, in the fullness of God and in the promises of God. And the call is also sometimes a specific call. God, will who, who knows the plans that God has for you? Well, he says, I know the plans I have for you. The plans for good. Who knows in this house today that God's plan is good? Don't ever let the enemy get in and tell you, oh, well, if you give up this or if you give up that or it's too much, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You know, um, Satan did that in, in Genesis to Eve. You know, did God really say that? He got Eve to think that God we're shortchanging her. God will never shortchange us. We can, our yes can never be costly enough. He will reward us a hundred times over. And you know, after everything we've come through in the last couple of years, I just and we just really feel that if there was ever a time to step into the call of God, church, it's today. It really, really is because who knows. We didn't know in 2020 what we were entering into, and who knows what's ahead. But one thing we do know, when you have Jesus Christ in your heart, when you know that Jesus has saved you, that he's got you, that he's for you, that nothing can come against you unless he allows it, you can walk in the peace, in the joy, in the hope, and in the fullness of God. And I'm telling you, there is absolutely nothing like it. So don't fear the call of God. Don't fear what you have to give up. Your yes will never be too costly, and Jesus is a reward order of those who honor him. So our, our scripture again, 1 Thessalonians 3, 24, faithful church and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you and know this, he will do it. He will fulfill his call by making you holy, guarding you, watching over you and protecting you as his own. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so we're going to ask the worship team just to come up. And we want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're here for the first time and you don't know the Lord. Now, when I, you know, we talk about the call of God in our own lives. I never envisioned 20 years ago that I would be starting a church or planting a church. I didn't understand even the word overseer or shepherd or at like that. To be, if I'm perfectly honest, when I was coming out of a lifestyle, I was coming out of all I wanted was to be able to sleep well, eat well, work well, holiday well, and just have a generally live happily ever after type of lifestyle. That's all I wanted. And that's what I got initially from the beginning. But then God had other ideas. God had other callings. And it was over the course of time, these things began to unfold. But he gave me the grace and he will give you the grace to accept it and to receive it. So even if you do just want a change of lifestyle, it's, very, it's every reason to come to the Lord. Even in Isaiah, it says, come, let us reason together. Isaiah 1.18, come, let us reason together. 
Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Even that word, come, he's calling us. He's calling us to himself. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though you are full of fear, though you are full of shame, though you are full of guilt, come to me. I will give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. And the invitation goes out for us to respond to that invitation. I'm going to ask just each one of us just to bow our heads where we're at. And I know there's a couple of people here for the first time. And, and, and I just, maybe, maybe you've been coming the last couple of weeks. Maybe you've been coming the last couple of months. Maybe you want to rededicate your life to the Lord. And just while every head is bowed, just that you'll slip your hand up and just say, I want this lifestyle. I want God to change my life. I want a new lifestyle. I want God to work in me, to change me. I want the peace that surpasses all understanding. If that's you, right now, where you're sitting, just raise your hand and we'll have an opportunity to pray. Amen. 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 Wow. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says, in order for us to have this life, we must be born again. It's not, it's not an option for us. It's not, you know, we have to be born again. It's, it, 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 we must be born again. It's Jesus who said it. And to be born again, I like to do it this way. It's as simple as A, B, C. We acknowledge, A, our need for a saviour. We, B, believe that Jesus Christ is the saviour. And C, we confess him as our Lord and saviour. So for those that have raised their hands and want to give their lives over to the Lord and begin this journey with him, I'm going to ask that maybe all of us will just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I confess my sins to you and ask for your forgiveness. I invite you into my life and ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Today I choose to follow you. Today I choose to believe you. And today I choose to respond to your call. Fill me with your presence. Create in me a clean heart and renew in me a steadfast spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we just encourage those that have made that decision? Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.